Welcome. This is my truth as a platform for honest, open conversations. The stories I share or that others share are often not spoken about or discussed, but once told, I believe they have the ability to shine a light on another perspective or a much needed conversation. These stories may make us laugh, some may make us cry, but together we will learn from one another and begin to heal. Because walls need to be torn down, masks need to come off, stories need to be heard in order for our truths to be told. This is my truth. Will you tell me yours? Hello, 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 podcast world. Welcome back to This Is My Truth. I'm your host, Jesse Sherleff, and today I'm really excited to share my conversation with my new friend, Christy Rocha. Christy is the host of the podcast, Sasses. and before I jump into her bio, I want to share a little bit about our conversation because from the very moment that Christy spoke her truth, I knew that this was going to be a good conversation. Christy shares her own truth about postpartum depression and her journey with mental health and therapy and how that has led her to being the podcast of her or the host of her own podcast. But what we actually talk about is the journey that so many of us go through around speaking our truths to ourselves first and foremost and how so much of that is tied to identity and worth and how at times that then prevents us from being able to speak our truth and the reality is is we all have that choice, right? We all have the choice whether we want to speak our truth or not. And it is up to us to make that decision. And there was a moment in our conversation where Christy and I are talking about their own truth and how she was saying how she always tries to remember the version of herself two years ago when she's speaking her truth. And It was this light bulb moment for me where when we're speaking our truths, we we need to be asking ourselves, like, why am I sharing this? Am I sharing this? What is my intention of sharing my truth? And I think so often, and we all have done, probably been guilty of this. I know I have, right? Like, you're talking for talking's sake. I know someone can relate to that person in a meeting who is just like the every time they speak up everyone rolls their eyes because they're like oh this person's at it again right and so often we're not always and I put myself in this boat like we're not asking ourselves like what what is my intention in speaking this truth and so I loved that Christy called out that part of her truth is like while she's now able to talk about sort of the darkest moments in her life she always tries to remember that version of herself that wasn't able to and I just think that there's there's such poetry in that and such magic and such a good reminder for all of us to be curious and ask ourselves you know what is my intention why am I sharing this story as we speak our truth 
So a little bit more about Christy. Christy is the host of Sass Says, a podcast to guide women on how to heal, educate, and empower themselves through therapy and real-life stories of perseverance. She interviews mental health professionals, experts, coaches, and women just like you and me who share their mission to debunk the stigmas and conceptions about therapy and mental health. Christy is known for asking the but how questions so that her listeners walk away from each episode with actionable steps on what to do next when it comes to relationships, motherhood, body image, ambition, and what she calls the intangible. Self-care is also a hot topic on her show. Christy and her husband lived in New Jersey with their two toddlers. So I so enjoyed this conversation with Christy. I She doesn't know this, but she's going to become a friend, especially now that she's sort of in the tri-state New England area. And so Christy, if you're listening, know that. And I think you'll see why in our conversation. You can find Christy and her podcast on all the major podcast platforms at Sass Says, on Instagram at Sass Says, and at her website, www.sassays.com. She is a gem of a human, and I am so excited to share this conversation with you. I'm so curious, as you listen to the conversation, let me know what comes up for you. What what was, what was part of, you know, was any part of our conversation triggering in a good way and not a good way? I want to hear more. And there were so many moments, as Christy was sharing moments of her story, that I got goosebumps, and so I'm curious if you did too. So... Stick in your earbuds, earbuds, AirPods. Is that what they're called? Enjoy this conversation with Christy and remember to reclaim your voice, own your stories, and speak your truth always. Enjoy. Hi, Christy. I'm so excited to have this conversation. Thank you so much for being here today. Hey, Jesse. I'm looking forward to talking with you. Great. Well, I love to start these conversations by asking everybody, what is the truth that you would like to share today? I was thinking about that. And my first thought was, which one? (laughs) (laughs) But I think heaviest on my heart that feels like it needs to come out is that at this point, I'm comfortable sharing my darkest points but I have to constantly remind myself that there was a time where that was terrifying. And so a lot of that has to do with trusting myself and, and being open and, and, and knowing that the support system is legitimate. Uh, But yeah, I think, you know, I'm able to talk about the hard stuff now, but I, I really know that there was a time where those things were very scary for me. And so I try to remember that when I'm, when I'm talking to people or talking about my story, because at the time when you hear someone else talk about a story that's similar to yours, you're like, how are they doing that? And so I try to channel that. Oh my gosh. You're speaking to my heartstrings right now. I can so relate. And I often say that you know, first and foremost, right? It's our choice to share our stories. And I often share my story for those who can't or not able to, or unwilling. Mm. And I think that's so important to acknowledge that some, you know, some people make the choice to never share their stories and and that's okay. Mm. And I hope that by still hearing other people's stories, they take comfort in, in knowing that people have been in similar situations. So I love that you remind yourself of that, 
when you're sharing your story, because it's not easy to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I was terrified at first, even, even to share what was going on with me, which I'm sure we'll get into, but even to share with my husband, with my mom, with people that I know, like love and trust, you know, it's, and, and if I'm being honest to, to admit certain things to myself. Yes. Yes. And I think for me, I can only speak for myself, obviously, but for me, I think the hardest thing was actually admitting it to myself first Mm -hmm. and foremost, because I had avoided it for so long. Like I had built such thick walls. I had compartmentalized and I was rewarded for it. Right. I was six quote unquote successful in life. And so just admitting that to myself was one of the hardest things I ever had to do. Yeah. I, I, I totally relate. I, I saw, I saw my ad- admission of certain facts as failure or yes. as disappointment. And a part of me believed and couldn't understand how, <laughs> this might sound ridiculous, but how I was having such a human experience. Like I, I, w- this wasn't supposed to happen to me. I wasn't supposed to have postpartum depression. I, I wasn't supposed to need to be on medication or benefit from it or feel like I was letting down this sort of built up glamorized version of being a woman was in my head. And that, that, that's still heavy. You know, I mean, I can talk about things freely, but behind the scenes, I still work on them regularly. Yes. Yes. I can totally relate to that. And it's funny. I was talking to a friend recently about our infertility journeys. And she was like, I don't understand why I'm getting triggered by this. Like I thought I had taken care of it. Right. Like that notion of just, again, putting into a box, like I dealt with, I checked all the boxes. I went through the stages of grief. Right. And it made me pause to think about all those moments of where I was like, oh, well, like I've worked through it. I can talk about that, but yeah, I mean, I'm still triggered when someone's talking about having twins or I'm still triggered by, you know, talking about someone who's like, I'm, I'm pregnant and I'm so thrilled for them, but like, it still pulls on my heartstrings sometimes. And I, I love that you call that out. Cause I think it's so important to, to remember that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we can, I I've spent my time in therapy now. I'm still in therapy, but you know, one of the the tools or ideas of what I'm doing there is to fully acknowledge that I'm going to have feelings. Mm-hmm. I'm going to feel them. I mean, and I've shared this a thousand times on my show, but early on, a big part of my therapy was my therapist saying, Christy, you're going to feel things. Like I would <laughs> say to her, you know, this is going on and it's irritating. How do I just not be irritated by this anymore? And it took me a while to understand that that's not really the point. Mm -hmm. The point is to feel the irritation, to feel the sadness, to feel the disappointment, to feel the trigger, but to recognize it and then have for yourself your own way of saying, okay, I'm going to, I have this thought, I have this feeling, but that's all it is. It's not my new reality, you know, and I don't have to let it impact my life for more than I want it to. If I want to revel in my sadness for an hour, fine. I'm, I'm in control of that, 
Or if I'm busy, it's like, okay, I'm having this sad thought. I feel sad about it. And I'm just, you know, you, I'm sure you've seen the various, you know, sort of memes and things like that, but it's like, you're letting the thought pass across your brain, you know, and it's there, you see it, but it just keeps moving. And that's something I work on (laughs) sometimes like tonight with my children, not so successful, (laughs) really triggered and totally losing my marbles, but you know, tomorrow's a new day. (laughs) It is. It is. I, I was right there with you a week and a half ago and we were on day seven of quarantine. And I was just like, this is, this is not how I want to be, but tomorrow is a new day. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. So I want to, I want to unpack what you were saying, right? Like that now you're able to talk about your darkest moments, but that wasn't always the case. So I suspect that that's that even just that statement is probably triggering for some people. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious, you know, please share what you're comfortable sharing, but I'm curious what that journey has looked like for you. Yeah. So I think I was thinking about this too, because I was thinking how far back should I go? <laughs> <laughs> right. But I think that I, a lot, a lot happened in a short period of time. My husband and I got married we got pregnant. We moved states. We moved in with my parents for a little bit. We had our first baby. I completely changed jobs. I know you can relate, but I left corporate America. And shortly after my daughter's first birthday, we suddenly lost my sister-in-law to cancer. And that hit me harder than I could have ever expected it to. And I remember calling my mom one day and talking about something with her. And she's like, you know, if you're feeling all these feelings, you know, why don't you call me more, call me more, let's talk more. And like my, I'm very close with my mom. This wasn't like, Hey, this, you know, it it felt very normal and natural, but she was wondering why I was having such, I don't even know. I don't want to put, I don't want to put intention in her mind or in her words that I can't recall exactly, but basically the sentiment was, just call me anytime you're feeling like this. And my response was, mom, I would be calling you every day. I would be calling you every day and not able to explain why I'm sad or explain why I'm overwhelmed. It's just because it's Tuesday and I'm not going to take time out of your schedule, my schedule to get on the phone with you and explain the same thing for this umpteenth day in a row. And she had heard a friend of hers on a podcast talking about how, you know, on paper, everything's great. And truly her life was good. She had, she was happy in her marriage still is. She has wonderful children. Her business is thriving, but she started seeing a therapist and she was talking about the benefits of being able to vent, being able to hash out issues, being able to explore parts of herself and even talking about business issues and how it was really a time for her to go every week and sort of tune up. And I was like, you can just do that. You can just go to therapy. Like I, I thought you needed some kind of doctor's note or you needed to have suffered or battled one of the great generally accepted traumatic events And I just didn't understand that therapy could be for someone 
because they want it. And I say that carefully because our mental health system in the U.S. is a joke and not, not everyone has access to therapy. I, I know that. And even if you have access, you might have to pay a pretty penny for it. I am one of the lucky cases where I get it through my insurance. I pay a copay and it's manageable for me. Again, I understand I have privilege in even saying I have health insurance. Anyway, well, I'll tie that there, finish that. And, and then just say that I, I also was very lucky in that I, I went on my insurance website, looked up therapist, found a name that just felt good, looked up her information. And I did that, that sort of human tendency thing where we look nothing alike, but she sort of looked like me, you know, <laughs> like she just had the same vibe in her headshot, whatever that means. But two and a half years later, she's still my therapist. We clicked right away. And I started that with her when my son was, when my now I was in my second pregnancy and, and I didn't know where it was going to take me, but through working with her and then, and now I'm kind of jumping around. I apologize, but my son, my second kid, he was born at the end of February, 2020. So right before everything shut down, the world shut down. And I think I had like a delayed postpartum <laughs> with him. I initially when he was born and the world shut down, it was aside from there being a global pandemic in my little bubble of the world, it was kind of nice. My husband was home, which he wouldn't have been otherwise while I had a newborn and a two-year-old. You know, I, I could recover and heal my body in total privacy. I didn't, I was very stressed about taking my two-year-old to her normal activities, but having a newborn with me and that, that didn't matter because we weren't going anywhere, but that nice little bubble only lasted a short period of time. I'm not going to put a date on it. I don't recall, but eventually the isolation, the sleep deprivation, you know, the stress, the decision fatigue, the sort of, you know, battle of the, of the sides, right? Like within my family, within my friends, within the world of like, is this real? Is it not all that stuff? It was just, it was heavy. And I can recall it was that summer that, you know, it's Groundhog Day and Groundhog Day for me at a point included not being able to get out of bed without going in my bathroom and crying first and just wondering how I'm going to get through another day with my kids. And that in itself is so, it was such a horrible feeling mm -hmm. to wonder how I'm going to get through a day with my kids, you know? And there was a, a day in that summer where, you know, my husband is just, he wants to help, but he's, he doesn't know, you know, really what's going on and he can't totally relate. And I wasn't articulating clearly what was going on because I didn't know fully. Mm -hmm. And I just remember us looking at each other and we just shared a look outside. We we're outside and it was just, the kids were waking up from their nap and he's like, you're going to go get them. And I was just looked at him like, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I, I might just leave him there for another hour. Like, I don't know. And anyway. I, it was, I don't know, within days of that, that moment where 
uh, and you stop me if I'm running on. But no, please keep going. My family, particularly on my husband's side, are where they're big celebration people. Like everything's a party, the more the merrier. And it's my it was my soon to be sister in law's birthday party, and we're going to do a Zoom birthday party at night. And I was putting the kids to bed, and the whole time I'm putting the kids to bed, I'm going, "You're not going. You can't. You can't sit there and fake." happiness. You can't sit there and fake that you're present. So you're just not going to go. And I put them to bed and I thought, you know what, take a shower. The shower for me is like a total emotional mental reset. Mm -hmm. I was like, just take a shower and see how you feel. And the whole time I'm in the shower, I'm coming up with what I'm going to say for why I'm not there and why I can't go. And I take the shower and I'm like, all right, at least go downstairs and show your face and say, you're not going to stay. And I sit down and we, I ended up sitting for, for 10 minutes and the birthday girl had to jump off the call to take a call. So in that break, my, my husband just looked at me and I looked at him and I just, I go, I have to tell you something. He's like, I know. I was like, what? (laughs) He's like, I know. And he put his hands on my shoulders and he's like, it's okay. I was like, well, if you know what I'm going to say, can you just say it? And he says, no, you have to say it. And I just looked at him. I said, I think I'm depressed. And he goes, yeah. (laughs) And I'm laughing now because it's such a, I don't know. It just, when I, I'm laughing mostly because when I say it out loud, it just does not seem like it would be that impactful of a moment, but I was so scared to say it out loud. And I was so scared. I didn't know what it would mean. I didn't know if he would look at me and go, okay, I know you're depressed and here's how we fix it. Because I knew that was not possible, but you know, men, husbands, my man, he wants to help me and he wants to fix it and make it better. And I was so afraid of that. And I was afraid that he would just, he and me really, you know, that I would, I I just, I didn't know what it meant and I didn't know what the next steps were. And I was obviously very thankful to have a therapist to go to and, and her be like, yes. Okay. I almost like, I thought we knew this. Right. But she was definitely instrumental in then taking the next steps and, and, you know, and I'll share one more shorter story, but I was then talking to my mom a little while after that. And she very, very hesitantly brought up medication to me. And I know now that she expected me to tell her, absolutely not. It's not that bad or whatever. And my response to her was, yeah, I've been researching and I actually was working with my therapist to find a psychiatrist. And she was like, Oh, and shortly fast forwarding shortly after getting on medication, I had a phone call with her again, where she just, she was emotional with me because she's like, I can hear your back. And I didn't realize for how long you were gone until I heard what it was like to have you back. And that was, that was just a wild moment, you know, to be so far disconnected from myself for so long that even the people closest to me had gotten used to that version of me. And then to be on medication just a short time and you know, I'm not a doctor. I'm not saying anything about it. For me, it, it, it works, works well. And it, it just, 
I don't know. I, it took a couple of phone calls and I had these really great support systems, but this is a lot of why I, I am, I have my platform and I have my show and I do all this because I'm a person with access, with education, with an interest, even before I had anxiety or depression, I was reading books about the brain and I was interested in psychology. And I still had no idea that any of this was available to me as a resource. And maybe that's like just me being naive, but I just, I'm like, there more people need to know, <laughs> like more people need to know about this. Like go get help, <laughs> you know, anyway. So yeah. First and foremost, thank you. Thank you for sharing all that. And there was one point when you were telling the, that moment with your mom and your mom saying you're back, I like started to tear up. I don't know if you noticed or not. Obviously people yeah. listening will not notice, but I got goosebumps because I know that feeling. I yeah. know that feeling of recognizing, oh shit, like mm-hmm. I've lost myself and, mm-hmm. and now I found her. Yeah. And when you're talking about that moment with your husband and, and verbalizing, like I'm depressed, like I've been there, you know, like I, I haven't said those words, but I've had those moments of like leaning into uncomfortable conversations, hard conversations, like the conversations I don't want to have with myself and, mm-hmm. and with others. And so thank you for, for sharing that, because while our experiences are different, like I've been there. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, and I, I know you've spoken about this too, but I think a lot of it was always being an achiever and always being a person who was, you know, I, I hit the benchmarks for things, right? Like, okay, go to school, get the grades, success, have success in sports. Oh, and throw in a musical instrument. No problem. Master that, you know, take the SATs, go to college, do all the things, get the job. Like I have just been this achiever. And I always was also saw myself whether they did or not, but I I saw myself in my sort of social circles as mature, as someone with a head on their shoulders, as someone who had their act together, so to speak. And, you know, to sort of come to terms with, you can't do all this on your own. Like that's not a feeling that I'm comfortable with. And that's not a feeling that I'm used to still to this day. I've gotten better at it, but to accept that I might need help (laughs) is, was at first tough. And, and then you, and then you add in there all of these stigmas and misconceptions that we have about mental health in our society, you know, that you are weak, that something's wrong with you, that you just can't hack it and you need to just work harder and you need to just power through and that there are even, you know, people or groups or whatever out there that just don't even acknowledge it as a thing, you know? And, and I think that was part of it too, in sort of realizing that while I would have never been a person to say that mental health doesn't matter or that it doesn't have a place in medicine or whatever, it's really hard to understand and relate until you've gone through something. And I was having that moment with myself 
of having to say, does this matter? Is this real? Do I just need to be happier? (laughs) Do I just need to take better care of myself? You know, what is this saying about me and, and my ability to mother, to wife, to, you know, it just, it was question, it was calling into question a lot of what I was raised and I say raised, you know, kind of by mainly by society and messaging around me to think of myself and the things that I was meant to place value on about myself. Yeah. I mean, to sort of like pull on that thread, right. You're talking about worth, right. You're talking about worth Mm -hmm. and, you know, to your point, like there are so many cultural and societal implications to that. And it is very hard. It's terrifying and scary when you start to question that and then think about are others questioning it. Mm -hmm. And what I'm hearing you say, right, is you had that moment where you're like, I am worthy. I know that. And, and I'm going, I'm going to do everything I can acknowledging the privileges that you have to, to stand up for myself and, and figure out and figure out how I can, you know, this is like my words, right? Like, and I own that, but like how you can show that worth in a way that feels good to you. Is that mm-hmm. fair? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And you know, like we all, we all have a tendency, right. To create what we didn't have, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I created a platform that, you know, I, I feel like the two years ago, me really would have wanted and needed. And it's not to say that there aren't people out there doing great work in this field or in, in the topics that I do. It's just, you know, we all have different styles and different messaging. And sometimes you need to hear the same message 400 times until it clicks. And I think initially the need to do that, the need to make the platform out of what I didn't have was to justify its existence, was to justify feeling like, okay, you know what? I've had this dark time. I've had this low point. I've had this time where I've questioned, am I weak? Am I this or that? And so, you know what? If I help people from it, it means that I've done good with it. Like it's still sort of this little need to achieve and need to say this experience was worthwhile because I made something out of it. And now, now that I'm doing it, my goodness, the lessons and the value and the satisfaction and the, the word that I'm not finding right now, but it's so much more than I ever could imagine. Right. But I think initially it, it, it started a little bit from that of just, okay, make something of it, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's all of those messages, right? Like your, your message, your message. And yes. And, and I remember, you know, when I was going through like the loss of our son, right. And I, it was funny, my husband and I were actually just talking about this. We had a date night on Saturday and we were talking about about Clark. And I remember saying to him, I'm like, when we were going through it, 
I just, I just keep remembering thinking like, why me? Like, why me for infertility? Why me for like having to make the decisions that we had to make? Like, why me? Right. And I didn't know it, you know, it took me like Lucy will be six and end of March, right? It took me like four plus years to get to that point, the point where I could even like freaking like fucking talk about it. Mm-hmm. And so I think they're like what you're saying, like I can, I can totally relate to. And the reality though, is like, that's how connection is made. Right. Yes. That, and so I can see like how it might've started there, but I know, and you and I just met, (laughs) but like, I know it's become more than that. Right. And I know, at least for me, it's, there's an empowerment for both myself, but then, but those you're impacting. And I think Mm -hmm. there's something really special in that. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. I, I, yes, yes. (laughs) You know, and it even, even going off of that, like I worked from home with my kids and then we were in lockdown and the whole thing. This was also a way for me to speak to adults that mm-hmm. is not my husband. <laughs> Love him dearly, but he also doesn't want to hear me talk about the same stuff every day, you know? I totally so, get it. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's sort of whatever it starts as okay, but it, yes, it, it, it started as me feeling like my first few interviews, I was just like word vomiting because it was the first time I was talking to an adult in so long, but I totally agree. You, you have a conversation and when you are willing to get to the meat of a conversation right away, the connection is that much stronger. It's that much, you know, it happens that much faster. And yeah, it's really something. <laughs> I also have a, I also have a Lucy, by the way. <laughs> oh, I love it. I yeah. Love it. Um, she's named after my grandmother. This is a total sidebar, but I also think podcasting has made me like, I never liked small talk. And now I have like <laughs> absolutely no patience for small talk. It's <laughs> been really interesting coming out of like isolation a little bit more and like moving towns and having to make new people. And I'm like, oh my God. Whereas my husband loves small talk. It's like his favorite thing. Oh my gosh. We have the same marriage. It sounds like in that regard. Like I, I, I'm the same. I don't, I never like small talk. I don't even like, I don't even really tolerate it for my own friends. Like when we sit down, it's like, how is your marriage? How is your child? And I don't want to hear that they started art class. I want to hear how they are developing, you know, like I don't want to hear any of the fluff. Like we have an hour together, get to the good stuff, you know? I get it. I totally get it. Oh my gosh. It's too funny. I want to, I want to just bring us back really quick to something you were saying earlier about it, like sort of how you started this right around, even as you're telling your stories, like you remind yourself that it wasn't always easy. And so I, I'm actually really curious, like, is there a reason why in those moments of, the, of you now freely sharing your moments? Like, do you bring yourself back to that reminder? Hmm. I think, I think really because (laughs) when I'm, when I'm out there in the world saying things, I'm doing it for myself. Let's be real. I'm doing it for myself to learn and to grow, but I'm also doing it for, well, still me, right? But the me that 
that really had a hard time. And, and I can hear how, and I catch myself, I hear how sometimes when I'm talking to a therapist or talking to an expert of some kind, and I can hear a question come into mind that I kind of maybe already know a little bit of the answer, but the two years ago, me wouldn't. And I don't want to lose sight of that because if someone finds your show, my show, doesn't matter if they find us at episode 50 or 500, my message is still the same. Therapy helps. Mental health is real. It matters. And until you can get to that point of even acknowledging that something might be going on with you, you're not going to get help. So, and like I said, sometimes it takes, even for me, it takes hearing the same message, maybe said differently, maybe said a bunch of times. And so I'm not going to sit there in every show be like, Hey, if you think you have mental health issues, but if it organically can come through the conversation and help someone hear it in a different way or hear it for the 15th time, because that's the time that they're going to decide that they are going to make a phone call. That's important to me, you know, and, and I, I, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I follow a lot of people on social media and I, I can also recall being again, myself two years ago and hearing things and seeing things. And I'll just speak from my own experience. When I would hear someone talking about depression or I'd hear someone talking about anxiety, I would, I would think, well, there's someone that's been diagnosed and it's clinical and that's just not me because how could it be? And the thing is when you're so in, when you're in this world, right, whatever world it is, whatever field you're in, you get very comfortable with the terminology, but for someone who doesn't have the experience or who's just dipping their toe in the terminology, a might not be fully understood, or it might be completely intimidating. Mm-hmm. And for me, once I have the sort of the, the moment in my head, the, like the come to Jesus moment of like, Hey, I think you're depressed. The label helps me because I feel like I have then a plan behind it. But before I had to come to Jesus, the label was like, absolutely not. How could that be me? I have everything in the world that I could ever need. My husband loves me. My children are healthy. Like, no. And so, you know, I just don't want to become so... I don't know, it was like jaded the right word or just so in, in it, right? Because I also, now all I do is listen to podcasts of, from therapists and neuroscientists. All I do is follow people on social media. So you, it's like, I get so used to it, right? Like it's part of my daily thoughts and it's like in my daily rhetoric. And my point is to try and help people understand it more and, and, and try to debunk some of these stigmas and misconceptions that we have out there about therapy and mental health. And if we continue to talk about it in the same way, how do, how do we expect things to change? We got to talk about it differently. We got to think about it differently. We got to, you know, (laughs) I've heard some therapists say that, you know, therapy has 
considerable marketing issues. And it does, right? Like it's going to hurt before it gets better. There's a lot of rhetoric out there that sort of goes against encouraging someone to start. And, and, you know, maybe therapy is not the answer, but it's, maybe it's a coach or maybe it's a mentor, or maybe it's just listening to a podcast about postpartum depression. I, I remember I listened to Frazier. I don't know if you know her, her podcast was called the mom break. I'm not sure she's doing it anymore, but she did a whole episode just detailing her experience about postpartum depression. And I remember that being a very pivotal moment for me and going, how could I relate to everything she's saying and not have postpartum depression? Like I must have postpartum depression, you know, like, and that was like, whoa, <laughs> like, I don't know. I just, just needed to hear it a certain way. So that's a long answer to your question. <laughs> no, I think that, I think that's perfect because what I, what I pulled from it, right. Is when you speak with intention, right. You're, you have, you're speaking from your heart. You're speaking from a place of not trying to change anybody or, but just sharing your own experience, because this is the salesperson in me coming out. There's research <laughs> that proves that you actually need to hear things eight different times in eight different ways. See, there you um, go. I didn't know that number. That's a good number to know. And I'm sure that like has changed, but when I was like knees deep in sales, that was sort of like the, <laughs> the right. thing, right? But it's true. Right. And I I've often joked, even in like the coaching world, I'm like, they're all teaching the same fucking thing. It's mm -hmm. just, it's, it's how you're relating and how you're connecting, right? Like that's, that's really what matters. And it's the same thing with therapy yeah. to some extent. And so anyway, so like you're, you're speaking from a place of intentionality, you're leaving your ego at the door and you're, you're just sharing your experience and, and hoping and knowing that it'll, it'll impact someone. And I think I love that you recognize that in having these conversations, because I think it is really easy. Like, you know, I have a love, I don't even want to say it's love. I have a like hate relationship with social media. I know it's I like a, it's like a tar. It's not even like a tar tolerable. Mm -hmm. Like, and unfortunately, I worked for a social media company for many years. But mm -hmm. and the reality is, right, is like we want we paint this like rosy picture to the world, or most of us do, and I get it. But I have thought about this a lot in my life as as a human, and like I'm imperfect, and I learned so much more from my mistakes than I have my successes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as you were talking, like what was coming up for me was like curiosity. Like if you can lean on curiosity, curiosity for yourself, curiosity for others, mm -hmm. that, that skill, that tool in your toolbox makes a lot of these harder conversations a lot easier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I first going back, I absolutely agree that therapy is in the same in a lot of ways. If you are not connecting with your therapist, it will be very difficult to build trust. Mm -hmm. So that's first and foremost. And, you know, about curiosity, I think, I think you're so spot on because, you know, <laughs> through my experience in therapy and now through conversations that I've had on the show and listening to a lot of conversations on other podcasts and, and such, I am like that. I'm that person now that when I 
see someone, I'm going to think of a random example, but if I see someone in a grocery store being rude or telling off a, a cashier, I'm thinking that's rude, but I'm also going, I wonder what kind of day they had. I wonder if they just got a terrible phone call. You know, it doesn't excuse their behavior by any means, but I wonder to myself, what's going on for them? And, and the thing is, is that I have the, actually the hardest time doing that for myself, right? Like I, I can do it for other people, but doing it for myself is the most challenging and, 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 and noticing it when it happens, because it happens a lot. You and me both, you and me both. I'm in the same boat. I love the iceberg analogy, right? Like you're only seeing the surface and there's like everything underneath. And it's so much easier for me to see that in other people, not so much for myself. Yeah. Work in progress. And I can do it. (laughs) This is going to sound terrible. And you know, the thing is I probably do this better than I give myself credit for, because that is just what happens, but I can do it a lot easier for other people's children and parenting than I can do for my own children and parenting. Right. Like hundred percent. Oh, I'm just so triggered by my children. Like it's crazy. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Oh my meanwhile, gosh. Meanwhile, it's someone else's child. I'm like, honey, you just tantrum all day. It's okay. <laughs> Let it out. My kid tantrums for like five minutes. I'm like, that's it. You're going to bed. You know? <laughs> oh, I get it. I totally get it. Well, Christy, I could literally talk to you all day. Are you ready for some quick fire questions? Sure. Okay. I'm trying to think which one I want to start with. <laughs> I want to start with this one based on this conversation we had. What prevents you from speaking your truth? My the the immediate word that comes to mind is time. Uh, but then I also think that's a cop out. I think there are times when I wonder if it matters. There are times when I wonder if it's just too self-indulgent. But really what it is right now is also I don't know what it really is. I don't know. I think that's a good question, but you know, I, I do my self-development. I do my podcast. I do anything that requires me to be in my own head during nap time mm-hmm. and after bedtime. You and I are talking, it's 8, 20 at night, you know, like, and so, and then there are times where I try to do both. I try to parent and talk about things and be involved in my business and do all that. And that ends, it just ends up terrible because I'm not giving a hundred to either one. So Mm -hmm. I'm ready to shout it from the rooftops even more than I already am. I think it's just, you know, I don't know. I hate, I hate, I hate saying it. You can feel my resistance. I'm like (laughs) time, like everyone says time, you know, but it's time. It's time. I get it. Finish the sentence. Connection is. Ooh, connection is that inexplicable spark, that feeling of just going, yeah, we click, we get each other. We've, we have a shared, I don't want to say interest. It's like a shared, just aura. (laughs) We have a shared vibe is that what the kids are saying these days we have a shared mood I don't like it I like it all right last one who taught you to be Mm. my gut answer is mom and then I I I was thinking about this earlier I I would also say I and then my next thought was my my therapist but I think actually my therapist 
would say, no, you did. I love that answer. Yeah. Because she just guides me, right? Like I do the work and she's, she's necessary right now. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, but, but I, I do the work. So me. I love that. How can people continue to follow you on your journey? I am everywhere at Sass Says. So sasssays.com. My podcast is called Sass Says. I'm on all the major platforms. I'm on Instagram at Sass Says. I'm on TikTok at Sass Says. I have, what else do I have? Those are the main ones. I have a Facebook, you know, I don't know. I can't, I'm trying to divide my time right now. (laughs) So mainly I would say, check out the podcast, get over to my website. I have a fair amount of resources on there. I'm doing, I have a free five-day self-care challenge you can sign up for where I'm I'm making self-care doable, free, daily, and anywhere from under five minutes to 15 or more, depending on how much time you have or want to put into it. And I think it's, it's all the things that have helped me over the last two years that I've sort of bottled up into this little challenge. So yeah. Sass says everywhere. <laughs> Love it. Well, Christy, thank you so much for this conversation. I probably could have chatted with you for forever, but thank you. I know the feeling. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. If something in the conversation resonated with you, please, please share it with a friend that you think needs to hear this conversation. Feel free to tag me on social media. Let me know how you're listening, where you're listening, and what resonated. Tag me at This Is My Truth Podcast, or feel free to shoot me a DM. And because we're a new podcast and this shit matters, I would love for you to leave me a rating and review. Tell me how you truly feel. This entire podcast is about vulnerability and authenticity. So let me know how you really feel and give me some feedback. I really appreciate it.